Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Yes, we're back. We're here. It's a beautiful morning, and uh, we can see that the hill is a sunny slope. Um, I, I'm not seeing the sun through the clouds, but we can certainly see the hills a sunny slope here anyway. And it's uh, it was a great place to grow up. And what's what's so fun about this studio is I can look out the mountain. I used to climb up on top almost every day when I was young, and it was a lot of fun here. You know, back in those days, there was just dreamy draw. There wasn't the 51 freeway. So we could hike from Sunny Slope to the top of Squaw Peak and back. And, uh, you know, loaded with our BB guns and bow and arrows and uh, canteens, it was always a good day trip. Anyway... Let's see. We got Tim Walt, and then it could be you. The number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven two seven seven KTAR. Good morning, Tim and Gilbert. Hi. Good morning. How are you? Good. Thanks for staying through the news with us, Tim. Oh, glad to do it. Uh, I have a tangelo tree that I inherited. Um, essentially, it was planted and it wasn't doing so well, so it was given to me, uh, and it's actually done pretty well. Um, it's, uh, about two years into that, uh, going from kind of being yellow to, uh, once it got transplanted to my house, it's nice and green. Uh, but two years in a row, I've only had one tangelo. Uh, Tim, how large uh, is, how, how large is your tangelo? How big is the trunk? It's about it? three and a half feet. Yeah, it's it's a little, it's a nino. It's a little baby, you know. Give it a little yeah, time. So small. Yeah. yeah, but uh, here's the thing: to, to get a bigger crop this year, what you want to do is start off fertilizing it, you know, about Valentine's Day, and keep that process okay. up monthly all the way through October. And tangelos, for, for the most part, are usually grown like on a lemon rootstock, and um, so they'll grow pretty fast. They'll grow faster than uh, most other citrus. You know, apart from lemons, tangelo is one of the fastest varieties. And I wouldn't expect a lot of fruit until it gets to be six to eight foot tall. And that could be accomplished oh, okay. probably in two years, you know, from your young tree. So yep. keep the fertilizer up and, uh, you know, watering on it. Uh, in Gilbert, we have pretty heavy clay soil. So this time of year, yep. about once every 10 days for a young one. And if it's raining and the ground's still wet, don't water it. And in the summertime, pretty much once a week is plenty, but a good deep irrigation. Okay. And, um, you know, tangelos of all citrus are one that does better here in the valley than almost anywhere in the world. They call them honeybells in Florida. But because of our climate, ours have more acid and sugar. And if you have any fruit on it now, don't pick it yet. It's not going to be ripe for another month. But uh, and, and we'll you know we'll start harvesting our crop. And they'll go into the stores, you know, somewhere around the end of January. But there's nothing like a good Mineola Tangelo. It's got the nice mixture of, of sugar and acid, and uh, I, I think you'll be real happy with it. Just going to take a little time. Awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Tim, and have a happy New Year. You too. Take care. Bye bye. Uh, Walt and Sun Lakes. And after Walt, we've got open lines, folks. The number to call 602-277-5827. Good morning, Walt. Good morning, Brian. Happy New Year. To you as well, sir. I shut the drip system off uh, early December. Mm-hmm. And 
the when do I turn it back on again? When it quits raining. <laughs> you know, it, uh, normally here in the Valley, Walt, we don't count rain for much, you know. But we had that nice oh. rain, and, and that first one in December was about two inches, okay? And then, the you know, the days are a lot shorter, and the, and the weather's cooler, so the plants aren't using near as much water. And if you have an established landscape, anything has been in more than four or five years, we haven't really had much need to water since the uh, first part of uh, December. So, and, and as long as this uh, pattern keeps up, we have this extra humidity, and and man, what a beautiful day today. I mean, this 50-degree mornings, it's pretty hard to stand, you know? It's, it's awfully good, and it looks like we, we were supposed to rain this morning, and didn't I didn't see any coming in at all, but it's supposed to rain again on Tuesday, so, and until the, the, the you know, the, the soil gets dry, there's not really much reason to water. You know, and, and like at our farms out in the desert in Hyder, we have a sand light soil. Now, we've been irrigating those still, but our farm out in Queen Creek, um, we basically had to pull the whole crew out of harvesting citrus and take them all down to Hyder because it was too muddy. So, we we have a Washington Naval. Mm -hmm. Can we start picking those? You can. Um, The drier the soil gets, the better, the the higher the bricks or the the, the juice sugar content will get. But uh, we're we're picking navels now, and they're getting pretty good. And and they're only going to get better over the next few weeks, depending on how much rain we have. But when we have a lot of rain, the the bricks or the sugar content goes down. And when the the trees get drier, then the sugar goes back up again. And then we have a Mexican lion that's uh, partially flowered. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, last Wednesday was it? Took a lot of the blossoms off. Well, that's a, that's a real early kind of a premature bloom. Anyway, do you have any fruit left on it, Walt? A little bit. Yeah, use it up. It's going to fall pretty soon. And uh, yeah, the limes are about ready to drop off for most of them. But oh, those, those darn three-quarter inch stickers that are in there. It's easier <laughs> to rake them from under the tree than it is to try to get well, them out. I, 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 I concur. I think that's that's true. And as long as you catch them when they turn yellow and, and fall, that's when they're their very best anyway. So that, that's definitely easier to our, do than that. Our, our lime is a, a little tree or, you know, maybe... Eight feet tall, uh-huh. and I cut the long shoots. I think you told me last year to go down and cut them off where they start at the trunk. Sure. There's a go up. The uh, orange tree is probably 15 feet tall. Uh-huh. So after we got the fruit off, then I have, we use a guy named Guadalupe as trims our trees. Uh-huh. He'll do pretty much whatever I tell him to do. Well, how, how short or how much can we take off there and not get too much sun in it. Well, it's it, it's if you want to reduce its size, well, it's not going to hurt. Okay, so if you wanted to cut it back two or three feet, you could do that. The best time to do that is just like you say, as soon as you kind of get the fruit off. So usually mid February, okay, and like to trim citrus really hard, you want to trim them in mid February, and that way they have a chance to flush out new growth before the sun's going to burn any of the wood, and that's the time of year when they really grow the fastest anyway. You know, and like in our commercial groves, we go through and hedge them and top them and do, you know, we reduce their size because we can't harvest the fruit if it's up high anyway. It gets gets too high up in the trees. And so we cut like our lemon trees back to 12 feet. And uh, in two years, they'll grow back to 18. And uh, we cut them when we cut them, though, every other year back to about 12. 
It's hard to use an orange picker standing on an eight foot ladder. <laughs> well, and there and there's no reason to all, you know, and there's no problem with, you know, the the nice part about when you have a tree like that, the navel especially, is it takes so long to get them there. You know, I'd love to plant more navel orange groves, but it, unless my my sons want to plant one, my son John's been working with me a lot in the citrus. If he wants to plant more navels, we'll plant as many navels as he wants to grow. But for my age, um, I'm not going to see a lot of crops on them. <laughs> So the, the, our development, our house was built in 89, mm-hmm. and that's when they planted whatever, and I don't know how big it was when they planted it. Well, it was probably a 15-gallon. You know, I, I personally, we used to plant a lot of trees in Sun Lakes when it was all brand new, and... um you know, most of it was 15 gallons and 24-inch box size. You know, the little trees that people plant nowadays, we never have ever sold a tree that small. And uh, and we kind of specialize at Whitfields and, and sell them bigger size citrus because you can buy time. But, you know, 15 gallons and 24-inch boxes, those are the two most common sizes. And uh, when you're planting a 15-gallon navel tree, you're getting about a six-year-old tree. It takes a long time to grow navel. Okay. And then uh, the... the I mean, it's heavily foliaged and and close to the ground. Well, and that's the healthiest way to grow it. You know, you want to keep there maybe only a foot or two off the ground because there's so many on the branch. Well, that's perfect. I mean, you know, if you have them down low, they're easier to get. You don't have to cram up the ladder and use the extended picker for them. I'm still getting a lot of those bleeders around the trunk. Well, you know, you you can get some. You're just going to have to keep them cut off. You know, when I was out with the crew uh, earlier this week, you know, I was noticing in our lemon groves that we have quite a few suckers we're going to have to take off. But, you know, at home or on a commercial basis, you always just kind of have to watch for them. And, um, you know, they will come back as long as... Pardon? Just keep cutting them off every year. Just take them, take them off every year. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what we have to do in the groves, and we always have to go through and monitor the groves and look for them because uh, they definitely rob and hurt the tree, so we want to keep them off. Yeah, those green leaves are nice and young and green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, those come out pretty fast, Walt. Hey, Walt, thanks for the call, and have a happy new year. You as well. Thank you. Bye, sir. Uh, we're going to be uh, take a quick break. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. While we're gone, though, we have the lovely Shira here. And, and she's answering phones and doing the music and that kind of stuff. And she looks kind of lonely back there because there's nobody on hold. So if you just give her a call, you'll make her smile. Actually, she's kind of smiling now anyway. But the number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTER for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM. KTAR.
never can tell, you know. So. Happy New Year's, folks. Welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We do have two lines available. A number will call 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Kelsey in, uh, Kelsey in, in Phoenix, good morning. Hi, good morning. It's Kelsey. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being part of the program, Kelsey. Hi, I'm calling today because uh, I just was listening in. You said the lines were open, and my parents had a very large, beautiful ficus tree in their backyard. Um, a couple of years ago, it blew down in a big storm. We have a big anniversary coming up for my folks, and I was thinking it would be a really nice thing to replace that. And uh, just wanted any advice you could give on purchasing and anything like that for a, a decent-sized ficus. Well, Kelsey, when's their anniversary? Um, in February. Okay, so, so so it would be the, the perfect time to plant one would be February because that's typically after our last frost date. You know, we haven't had a freeze here that what's been a hard freeze that would bother a ficus for years. Where do they live? What cross streets? Um, we are out on Bell and Cape Creek. Bell and Cave Creek. So that's not a real cold area. Um, so I wouldn't be afraid to plant one, but I would I would hold off and do it just before their anniversary. We have all different kinds of sizes and uh, from a 24 inch box and people, you know, what people consider large is all relative up to great big giant, oh, giant trees. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It's just well, a big one. So I wasn't sure yeah. if we just plant new one and try it out or just buy a bigger one maybe and have it. Well, you can always buy time. It just costs money. You know, so, you know, like with ficus trees, we sell them from 15 gallons to 72 inch boxes. You know, a 72 inch box is about a 10 year old tree. So you can buy, you know, you can buy a, you know, three year old tree, a four year old tree, a six year old, whatever size you want to buy. And uh, you're just going to pay different prices for different sizes. But, you know, from everything from like a 36 inch box and larger, you know, or a decent sized tree, a 36 inch box tree will probably be 13 or 14 feet tall and can, can be probably five or six feet wide. So that's a pretty decent sized tree. And then when you go to a 48, you're talking 16 to 18 feet tall and maybe up to eight okay. or 10 feet wide. So you can just kind of buy time. And the only the only limitation there is having access. And, you know, it was like we work with cranes and different things too to put bigger ones in. But, um, you yeah. know, just come in and check them out. But the best time to plant them, I would say, would be that first or second week of February. Then we're sure we're not going to have any kind of frost to damage it. Perfect. Well, I'll get all my siblings on board. I think it'll be a nice gift. And thank you so much for the advice. I really appreciate it. Happy New Year. You too, Kelsey. And come out and see us over on Glendale Avenue. We have a lot of fun. Excellent. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, David in Winslow. Good morning, David. Hey, good morning from the beautiful Colorado Plateau. <laughs> How much snow you have up there, David? Um, Winslow, we're out east, so uh, we don't get a lot of rain, but we sure do get a lot of wind. That's <laughs> the name, you know, Winslow. <laughs> well, you know, we where Snowflake is, right? We we have a farm there uh, just between uh, Snowflake and um, actually we're in t- well, we're in the city limits of Taylor between Taylor and Shello. So we're we're oh, pretty we're we're pretty oh, familiar with so wind. Beautiful. We're pretty familiar with wind where we're at too, David. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know about the hurricane force stuff we get up here, but hey, I I love it. And boy, that snow lake, yeah, that's a beautiful area. Beautiful. I I hope uh, all the trees don't get cut down like down in Phoenix. 
Well, you know, then, then right there in that area, what's nice is we do have the water that comes through the valley, you know, and that from that Silver oh, Creek. Oh, yeah. And uh, a, lot, a lot of farms have been there in Snowflake and uh, Taylor for quite some time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I drive uh, uh, school buses, so I have occasion to uh, drive field trips down in there, and I just love hanging out, hanging out down there. Um, but but yeah, if you want to go back, I I just was really struck by your opening about uh, Sunny Slope. Growing up in Sunny Slope, and and God, you took me back, man. Did you I grow up in Sunny that. Slope too, David? Oh uh, no, I grew, I grew up out on the west side. I, I wasn't no east side boy. I was a west side boy. Well, you know, us slopers, we're, we we don't know where we're at. We're in Sunny Slope, but you know, it's, it's been part of the city of Phoenix. They they you know got us annexed in back in about 1960. But you know, it was pretty much right. a, a TB place, and uh, we had a lot of Mennonite neighbors and just a really fun community there. I mean, kind of a big racial mix. You know, a lot of Native Americans, a lot of uh, Mexican American families, and we we always just grew up there and had. We you know we we were kind of like the West Siders too, and it was kind of a poorer neighborhood. But we liked to play sports and and beat up on those rich kids, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you there, bro. <laughs> Back when Central High was East Side. <laughs> well, since Central High was the rich kids, you know <laughs> that, that was right. <laughs> Central and Camelback and Arcadia and those Scottsdale schools, you know. Right. Oh, I do, man. But you know, one of my one of my favorite things to do on the weekends, um, growing up, you know, getting to fifth, sixth grade, we always used to take uh, bike rides, and we'd go up Maryland. We, I, I grew up in uh, like you know Thirty Ninth and Glendale mm-hmm. back when that was the West Side, um, and we we'd go up Maryland. It was the safest way, but we'd ride our bikes up there to Dreamy Draw and. And go hiking and go speeding down the, the road in Squaw Peak Park or Sasquatch Park. Well, <laughs> Squaw Peak so, Park. So did you um, did you go to but, Alhambra, David? Yes, I did. Yeah, I had I had cousins the Olsons that went to Alhambra, and uh, there was there was three Olsons. Yeah, Tim, Tim, John, and then Dan. Of course, it was Timmy, Johnny, and Danny, you know, but, uh, yeah, they grew right. up right there, your, right, there, right there in your same neighborhood. It was a lot of fun. Well, in the classroom on the gridiron, well, lions are the best. <laughs> well, st- but, st- stay warm, yeah, yeah, stay I, warm I, up there, David. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, in closing, I just wanted to throw in, I, I did uh, live long enough in Sunny Slope in the uh, late 70s and 80s that, that uh, I was proudly a slopper. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I wanted to do a shout out to Whitfield. I I did uh, I did commercial landscaping down there for decades and always got our stock at Green World, but uh, you know, specialty plants and uh Whitfield was a really good source and when I uh was living down there about four or five years ago, um I got my, I wanted to plant a rainbow bougainvillea hedge. And you guys were my source for all the different uh, varieties, hybrids. And uh, so, yeah, I wanted to give you a plug, too, for Uh your nursery. David, thanks for the plug and have a happy new year. 
Oh, and you too. And boy, don't let them haul off that old, uh, what is it, a GMC in front of your nursery? No, oh, I got, uh, we've got a few old trucks around. I got an old international on the inside, and I got my ambulance. I drove to high school on the sea container out there, and we've got an old, uh, an old Chevy, the five window Chevy that we use for the Christmas tree sign. David, happy yeah. new year. Th- thanks for the call. All righty. Bye bye. All righty. Have a blessed day. Bye bye. Uh, Glenn and Gilbert. Good morning, Glenn. Good morning, Brian. Uh, I live in the old pecan groves in Gilbert off Elliott Road. Mm-hmm. We've got two or three volunteer pecans that are growing too close to the house, and I like to replant those in the open area. They're about eight or ten foot high, about one or two inch caliper. Recommend to do that. Well, now is the perfect time to dig them, Dave. But here's the hard part with pecans is they have such a deep taproot that the root's going to be deeper than the height of the tree. Okay, so that taproot okay. just goes straight down. So if you're going to try and move them this time of year, um, you know, what you could do, and then now is the perfect time to try and move them. Uh, you'd want to dig down beside the tree, and there's no reason in trying to put a big root ball on them because it's just going to be a straight stock. There's straight taproot that just goes straight down. So if you want to dig down beside the tree about three feet deep and cut that root off, Okay, in the bottom. And uh, then what I would do is I would just top the tree out wherever you want the branches to break. So if you want to have like a cool climbing tree, just cut it off about two or three feet and uh, from the ground and let it branch out multiple trunk from there. Or if you want to have a tree you can walk under, leave it up five or six feet. But uh, now is the perfect time. You have to dig down and cut that tap root, and you'll probably end up just taking it out bare root because it's going to be pretty hard to keep any kind of root ball on it and transplant. And it make certain that when you put it back in the ground, that you plant it the same depth or even a little bit deeper than it came out. You, you don't want to leave it above the ground at all where the root is. So your hole is going to have to be deep enough to receive it and go at least as deep as it was, maybe an inch or two deeper. Uh, pecan trees, if you if you keep the root portion above the ground, it'll girdle the tree. It'll, it'll just suffer and not do so well. Okay, fantastic. And also, do you know any history about the pecan groves originally? I know they were built, planted originally in the 20s or so. Do you know any history about that area at all? There in Gilbert? No, I did. we didn't get to Gilbert until, uh, let's see, 1982. And uh, yeah. there were some wonderful people there. You know, at that time, Gilbert was first being developed. And uh, as far as really expanding, not developed, it's been farmed for a long time. But uh, right. we used to have like uh, Otto B. Neely from Neely, Neely School that donated that property and things. And, and the Coolies sure. and a bunch of different people that would come around. And, uh, you know, a lot of those farmers were just selling off their property. So they would come over and hang out at the nursery for an hour. Well, the first they'd go to breakfast. Then they'd come out and hang at the nursery for an hour to then they go to lunch. Right. You know, they just sold off and quit farming. But what a wonderful crew of people. And and unfortunately, I wasn't at that particular location. We had a friend, Paul, that was there with them all the time. And they'd come hang out with Paul every day. But, uh, you know, just the wealth of knowledge and the stories, um, you know, I didn't get as much experience there as I love to have had. But, uh, you know, the Cooleys, Jeff Cooley and his, his family still live out there in Mesa. And uh, his, his father was the uh, former mayor of Mesa. We bought the, the corner piece that we have there in Gilbert from them. 
and uh, they'd been there an awful long time. And, you know, really, they would be a great resource uh, out there in the neighborhood for people who really had the knowledge. And uh, Jeff and his brother Chris um, ran the farm that used to be at Mesa and uh, Guadalupe, where we were at, and they, they farmed that before. And, and uh, you know, Otto Neely, he was just a phenomenal part of the community there. And right. it, it, it was just, just a really small farming community with a lot of really nice people. Agreed. And, there's, and we're still here. <laughs> well, it's growing a lot. There. Our farming community has gotten a, a lot denser, let's put it that way. Right. But the nice people are still here at Gilbert, so you oh, got that right. Well, you know what? We, we have we have wonderful customers and wonderful friends out there in Gilbert. And, uh, you know, it, it is a very nice community. Right. Okay, great. Thanks for your help. Thanks, Glenn. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a short break. No, we're not. We're going to find out what's happening in the world. It's news time with Troy Barrett. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, you can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827. We're here Monday. No, we're only here on Sunday. Sundays from 7 to 9, 92.3 FM, KTAR. Mira como ando, mujer. Más por tu amor Mira como ando mi bien Muy dado a la borrachera Y a la perdición Tú, solo tú song by Linda Ronstadt. Uh, welcome back, folks. We do have three lines available. A number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Give Shira a call, and you can be up after Sandy and Sue on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Good morning, Sandy. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Good. Um, getting towards fertilization season for the trees. I have gravel and flat land. Uh-huh. What's the best way to fertilize through that? What are we trying to feed, uh, Sandy? Uh, trees, um, like a jacaranda, pistache, well, the, the mesquite. 
you you can you know you can feed them lots of different ways. But what you have to do is make sure that you're you know wherever you're going to feed them is going to get water to basically break the fertilizer down. So feeding right. feeding time typically is going to be you know not until for for those tree varieties not until you know mid February or so early February Valentine's okay. Day whatever. And um, so you can either use a liquid fertilizer. You know what we do commercially is we inject a lot of fertilizer, or you can oh. water, water your fertilizer in. Um, a really cool thing to do is get a fertilizer injector that goes right through your sprinkler system, and you fertilize all your plants at one time. And that that's doable. Wow. It might not be that practical, but you can also <laughs> get like a siphon X and use a siphon X, and you can water everything with fertilizer. Or just mix it in a bucket and water it that way. But if you just get a regular, you know, for most of those varieties of trees, in fact, the uh, the cool part about mesquites is they're in the legume family. They actually produce their own nitrogen, which is something really special. They pull it right out of the atmosphere. But for those other varieties, a balanced fertilizer like a citrus food, like a 16.84 or even a 21.714 lawn fertilizer, most of those that are made here are going to have iron and uh, sulfur in them because they're using it for the lawns as well as the trees, can work very well. And if you want to put it down and just hose it in and wash it through the rock with a, a hose, That'll work just fine. Okay, so when I initially put it down, and if I hose it in real good, mm-hmm. it, it still is a time release. Well, you know, those are going to most of those nitrogens are going to be available pretty fast. Okay, depends on what they're made from, but most of okay. them are going to have a mixture of urea and ammonium nitrate. So most of that fertilizer is going to be soluble and in the ground and released probably within about thirty to forty-five days from when you put it on. Okay, that sounds good. Thanks. Thanks, Sandy. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we have Sue in Phoenix. But after Sue, it's wide open. The number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Just give Sue a call. Make her smile. Sue, good morning. Hi, Brian. Hi. Good morning. Happy New Year to you. To you as well. Um, I have just three quick questions, I promise. I came in right at the moment you were saying how happy you are you caught the sow. Can you just tell me if you've just had any little tricks? I've got the peanut butter out there. I'm going to let him get in and out of the or her in and out of the cage without any problem. But is is there any other tricks? So, well, you're trying to catch rats. Yeah. Well, you know, there, there, there's a lot of different. Now, what I've heard now, this is one that uh, the, one of our callers suggested I haven't tried yet is that they like grape bubblegum. And uh, what we have had great success with with gophers is with like juicy fruit bubblegum. So that might be something okay. to try that's kind of different. Now, that's passing it on without having the experience and the experimentation to see how it works. But, you know, we believe our callers. So uh, we're going to give it a try in our you- house. Yeah, how do you think you caught yours? How do we catch them at home? <laughs> no, you you had mentioned that you were excited that you caught the sow. Oh, I caught the big giant one. How I caught that one? I caught it with a little uh, yeah. meat stick and peanut butter. And that particular trap Ooh. I caught that, that one in had been set for a month. And I don't know why yeah. it came out and why she got hungry that day, but that was the biggest rat I've ever caught, and I was so happy. Yeah, um, you know, and it, and oh, it was. Yeah. Oh, I've got some great meat sticks here. About. Yeah, but it was I, it was just amazing when I caught that one. I, I was you know because you know when you got the big breeders and you get those gone, then you're going to eliminate your problem. Yeah. But when you're just catching little tiny ones, you're just getting the offspring. But uh, no, and, and I was yeah. I was surprised. Um, but you know the thing about them is is that there's different things. What you know what. 
everybody wants to do is eat, okay? And everybody has to eat all the time, right. but it depends on how what food sources they have, how hungry they're going to be. Well, sure. You know, and right. uh, we have dogs, yeah. and sometimes there's dog food out that's left out, and they'll come exactly. to eat, eat in the dog food. And then there's also, right. you know, the season when the pecans are falling off the trees, and then there's the date season, yeah. and then there's the grapefruits that they eat in the summertime when they're thirsty. But, oh, they've you know, taken every one of my navel oranges. I don't have one. Already this year? On my tree. Oh, wow. yeah. Yep, not one orange. The dirty bastards. Um, you got to kill them. Yeah. You got to kill them. Right. Dynamite. Blow up their one. nest. Yeah, well. I just want that one. <laughs> no. But, but all, all those yeah, things anyway. do work. But, you know, that that was, when we caught the big one, I was surprised. Because I hadn't reset a yeah. trap in a week or so. And, and uh, that trap that got caught in had been set for probably a week or two. But um, at any okay, rate, cool. you know, at least. But but that, that does work pretty well. I haven't tried the grape bubble gum yet. But, you know, the, the nice part about that is probably a slow, painful death for the rat. But, you know, some. Sometimes no, we don't, we don't. I don't want it. I don't want it going to its nest because I don't know if its nest is inside my walls and my home. Well, that's that's the thing that can be concerning too. And uh, and, yeah. and, the, and the worst rat story we ever had is one time right before dove season when we have a big group of you know, family and friends going to the farm to hunt doves. A rat managed to crawl and die in our air handler. And. Uh, oh, gosh. You know, it was a terrible thing. My my wife had the sledgehammer yeah. out. We had two little children, and and it was yeah. and um, it, it was that was really unpleasant. But I had a son Lucas who could get underneath the floor and crawl. And then we we finally found him in the air handler. But that was the most miserable wow. rat story. So we'll start off the year yeah. with a miserable yeah. rat story. Yeah. But then the good rat story. We got yeah. the sow too. Sue, have a yeah. happy New Year. All right. Well, can I just ask you real quick one sure. more, two more quick question? Uh-huh. Monterey BT, uh-huh. I'm using it now uh-huh. on my Bougainvillea because of those little green caterpillars. Okay. Um, they, it looks like they're still feeding this time of year. They shouldn't be, Sue. They should be gone. Um, they're, they're normally going to be uh, very active in uh, August, September. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think something's cutting circles or something. It might be a cutter bee, but really those caterpillars are out of cycle right now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, and you know what? The last one I can go to the nursery and, and ask. Well, go ahead and ask. We're here right yeah. now. You're on the air. Well, I need a beautiful red lantana. Okay. I, mean, I want that ruby red one. Mm-hmm. That's just, it's gorgeous. Do you have a name? Dallas red's the most common red one. Now there are some and other different that, hybrids. It's a, it's a deep red. That, yeah, that's the one I want. It's that just beautiful ruby red, Dallas red. Dallas red. And you red. have them over at Woodfield? We do. And this time of year, or should I wait? Well, this time of year, they're not going to be as pretty. You know, they, they like heat and they like dry, and we're we're cool and wet, so they're not going to be as right. you know. Unless they're coming out of a greenhouse, they're not going to be as lush this time of year. But uh, that yeah. that'll that'll change pretty soon. Well, you know, it's not going to stay this nice forever. Right, right. <laughs> okay, well, great. I got to let you go, Brian, so you can get your other callers. All right, Sue. Have, have a nice weekend. Happy New Year. Bye bye. You too. Thank you. Bye bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. Then we're going to come back with Fred and Phoenix. And after Fred, we've got wide open phones. A number to call 602 277 5827 277 KTAR. We've got about 15 minutes left, and we'll be back with a Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. 
Hi, my name is Donovan Reese. The real estate market might be ice cold, but the rental market is still hot. Let me tell you why I should be your property manager. Having managed thousands of landlord rental relationships in my career, I have developed a unique system that results in less vacancy, higher profits, and yes, more happiness. On both sides of the relationship, because smart investors know happy renters make happy landlords. Want to learn more? Give us a call or visit us at myinvestor.com. That's myinvestor.com. I like the way sparkling earrings lay Against your skin so brown And I want to sleep with you in the desert tonight With a billion stars all around Cause I got a Sunny slope here on this beautiful Sunday morning. Little breeze out there, high clouds. No sun to get a suntanner, but sunburn today. <laughs> and uh, uh, pretty pretty special weather here for us Arizonans to have this rain. Anyway, I want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees, all kinds, all sizes, all shapes, all forms, from 15 gallons to big 72-inch box, from palm trees to pine trees, from mesquite trees to ironwood trees. If you're looking for citrus, we have great citrus. You know, we don't sell little five gallons, but if you're looking for a 15-gallon or larger, you can come in and taste the fruit right off the tree today. We can deliver plant and guarantee we're licensed, bonded, and insured. No jobs too big, none's too small. We're Arizona's largest grower of commercial palm trees. I mean, that's from not not all fruiting dates, but uh, dates for sale. We have several hundred acres of palm trees for sale from Mexican fans, Mexican blues. We have Bismarckias, date palms. We have Sylvesters, Robolinis, all different kinds of fun palm trees. Exotic mule palms look like coconuts. Whatever your dream for that perfect landscape, come out and see us. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue Street, south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Whitfield Nursery for four generations, growing trees here for Arizona's future. Oh, let's see, we got Fred up next, but after Fred, we've got four lines open. If you'd like to get on, be the from the first show of the year, now's the perfect time to call. We got about 10 minutes left. Number to call 602-277-5827-277 KTAR. Good morning, Fred. Hey, hey Brian, hey, happy new year. 
to you as well, sir. Hey, you guys play some great music, but um, I asked Santa for a, uh, a dwarf Meyer lemon, and what I got was a semi-dwarf, um, and I'm wondering, I want to put it in a like a 24-inch pot. Should I just go back and find a, a real dwarf, or can I just keep the semi-dwarf topped? Well, there's, you know... First off, the, the name dwarf, semi-dwarf, you know, regular, that all, all goes to the rootstock, right? And uh, yeah. for a true dwarf tree, it's going to be on a flying dragon rootstock. And uh, for a semi-dwarf, it could be anything, and it's probably going to be, you know, I, I couldn't, it could be C35. There's a bunch of different rootstocks. Or a big tree would be like on a, a Volca Mariana rootstock. But any one of those will do fine in a container. You can keep it in a container for, for a lifetime. And uh, what happens, you're going to really control the size of the tree by the size of the root growth and because it's in a container that's going to limit that and so if you're looking to keep one in a container for a long time the one you have should be fine and Meyer lemons are a wonderful tree to have in a container but the one thing I would recommend is when you pot it into your container uh, use native soil not potting soil and uh, what that does is use less water less fertilizer and the tree will be easier to maintain Okay. Yeah, my my native soil is pretty much cleachy. That's fine. Where do you, where do you live? <laughs> uh, North Phoenix. But you mean up on the mountain, Kalichi? Does white calcium, you know, hard Kalichi? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, close to the mountain. I live up by uh, Buffalo Ridge, which is uh, 16th Street in Union Hills area. Mm-hmm. So, behind well, the high school. Yeah, if you if you can just scratch out a little bit that's just not solid pieces of rock, or if you just, you know, like if you're getting a tree from us, we could probably just give you a bucket full of soil or something. But, you know, just regular, you know, regular dirt will work a lot better okay. for retaining moisture than using any kind of an organic material where it's pure organic. And and don't put any or or should I put bone meal or anything like that? To oh, you can all, all, all you can always use bone meal. Bone meal is great anytime you're transplanting anything. You know, extra phosphorus okay. is fantastic for planting. Whether you use bone meal or super treble phosphate, but that is, that's always a good idea when you're planting. Okay, great. Hey, thank you. Hey, happy New Year, Fred. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right, bye bye. Uh, bye. Rich and Levine. Good morning, Rich. Good morning, Brian. Happy New Year to you. To you as well, sir. All right, I got a, a couple of questions. I've got a, a couple of Texas sages that are about 15 years old, and uh, I like to go free form so they don't look like lollipops. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, earlier this year, there was a pretty decent windstorm with rain, and they got flattened out, and I didn't want to cut them uh, at all back uh, back then. Uh, what would be the best time to actually cut them down to the ground so that they can restart? Because they're flat still. Okay, well, if you wanted to take them down that small, what probably the best time, Rich, is going to be about the 1st of March when it's warm enough for them to start to grow back. Okay. Uh, it, March. okay. It, it, and the trick with that is if you'll cut back about 75 or 80% what you want to reduce and leave one little portion of the plant green so it's got some foliage to feed itself and leave that right. until you see the buds pop on the other portion and then cut it off, it'll come back much faster. Ah, very good. All right. The other question is, uh, I'm from the Northeast originally, so it was a shock to me when I came down here to water trees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, living living in Levine, it's a very heavy clay. Matter of fact, I found out where, where I live, it's uh, an ancient salt river uh, riverbed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so so uh, every time I hit uh, the ground with a shovel, I'm digging up some serious rocks. <laughs> okay. Uh, so where, where you're at, like Rich, where, where you're at, Rich, are you digging up round river rocks? 
Uh, yes, they are. Okay. It's All right. um, between it, Southern and Baseline at 71st Ave. Okay, yeah, and then Heavy Clay with River Rock. I know exactly where you're at. Yep. Um, so I'm kind of wondering what, what kind of um, trees I should be planting um, that'll survive that kind of clay soil. Well, the soil's not going to be a problem as long as you water correctly. Um, All right, and, you know, and that's my problem. <laughs> well, watering correctly with that heavy clay is going to be just watering less frequently and deep. Okay. And, right. um, you know, we used to have a field of pines that were right out there, right where you're at, that we used to flood irrigate. And, uh, we would water them once every, you know, like three weeks and where other fields, fields would be watering every two weeks because that clay would hold so much moisture, even though you have the rock underneath and the pines did magnificent in that Uh-oh. soil. I think I lost you. Uh, we, we got you here. I'm not sure how you're doing on your side. You got us still? Uh oh. Well, Rich, you can call back, and I'll take you off the air. Uh, let's see. Cynthia in Phoenix. Good morning, Cynthia. Hi. Good morning, Brian. It's so, nice to talk to you, so, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Now, we have about 45 seconds, or I'll okay. take you off the air. Okay. I, my problem is I have a daughter that has a tree that she wants to take out, uh, some kind of a citrus, either uh, tangerine or labor or whatever, mm-hmm. and she thinks it's going to be hitting, the root's going to be hitting into her uh, sewer, and she wants to take it out. And I wondered how deep do those roots go for the citrus? It's pretty well established, uh, maybe uh, seven, eight feet tall. It has lots of fruit on it, and I'm wondering, is it necessary? for her to take it out. Uh, Cynthia, what year was her house built? Yeah, this is her house. Yeah, what year uh, was it built? Okay, I'm going to guess. I think in the 70s. Okay, so anything 70, she, 70s on should have a plastic sewer, and that citrus but, shouldn't cause any problem for the sewer at all. Well, one question. She's not in my area in Phoenix. She's more in uh, up at 36th Street in Shea, approximately. Okay. Uh-huh. Is that still okay? Absolutely. The ground's Tell pretty me, rocky there, and most of the soil drains pretty well, too. And so you think if she left the tree, it would okay, be okay? I'm, I'm, I'm going to put you on hold now because I'll take okay. care of Okay? Sounds no great. problem. Thank I'll be you. back with you. Appreciate all the calls today, folks. Hope you enjoyed the program. We certainly enjoyed being here with you. At least I could speak for sure, and I see smiling today. And uh, and Troy with the news. Anyway, enjoy your weekend. Love each other. and Enjoy this beautiful place that we live. And let's remember to share all the wonderful things we have here with our fellow man. And to always encourage and smile with them. And, you know, there's nothing like a smile when you go walking down the street. And it's, you know, it's usually reciprocated. But even when it's not, there's a, a smile and a wink. And, hey, I love you is a wonderful thing to say. We'll be back with you next Sunday. Enjoy your weekend.